The Seven Rock Life Show is about stories that inspire with people that you will admire, learning to develop new chapters in life, learning from the past, but letting the old stories expire so it gives room for the new stories you create. Our brand is about three things, victorious in your life, contributing to society, and having fun along the journey. Seven Rock Life is a lifestyle that inspires and gives back with a mission to impact the world one life at a time. I'm your host, Steve Mazurko. Thanks for tuning in and being part of this journey. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Seven Rock Live Podcast. You guys are in for an amazing show. Just to get you guys up to date with Seven Rock Live Podcast Nation and all the great things that are happening. So first thing is, uh, Seven Rock Life Podcast started March 3rd, and in three months, we've grown into 34 countries, over 3,000 people, and I just want to thank each and every one of you that subscribe, that leave reviews, that are part of this community. We are a community that completes each other, that doesn't compete against each other, and we are a brand that inspires and gives back. So I just want to thank each and every one of you guys. We're going to continue to develop you know, great content for you all to help you become the best version that you were meant to be and live the most efficient life. Originally, Seven Rock Life podcast came from a book um, that was originally started, and it was a mentality to help me get out of a funk of my life through adversities I was going through, losing my identity, being depressed, and just kind of being in a funk. And started that, it helped me, I started teaching other people, and then the journal turned into a Word document. The Word document turned into a book that's on Amazon, became bestseller um, in four different categories, and uh, and just its first week on Amazon. So check it out on Amazon.com, Seven Rocks of Life, and uh, you'll see all the great reviews there, and it's now going to different stores around the country and around the world. So, so grateful, and it's really not about a person. It's about people living their everyday life out there, wanting to become the best version that they were meant to be, and uh, that's why the book was you know, originally created and, and the mentality and brand's all about. And also, not only are we just a brand that inspires with, you know, with our book and our podcast, we're also, 7rocklife.com is a clothing brand. We believe your clothing should empower your life's mission. Check us out on 7rocklife.com. Great trends, um, summer collections. We'll have fall collections and winter collections. And this is a, uh, a brand that gives back where every item bought on that website, another item is donated uh, to different charities and missionary work and causes around the country and around the world. So we appreciate that support. Um, and it gets you the mentality that every day you're out there remembering to live that Seven Rock life. We also have some amazing things coming up over the next month or two I can't share with you but they will be really fun in community building and we're going to continue to develop great content on this podcast so when you're traveling you're on the road you're in the gym just subscribe guys share this with people keep leaving reviews uh, any feedback we're always about serving you and how we can help you become the best version you can be make sure that you own your identity you don't rent your identity make sure you own your happiness don't rent your happiness and the universe's gift to us is life and what we do with our life is our gift back to it so keeping that gift, keeping that light to others. We love each and every one of you guys. Have an awesome, awesome week and enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to Seven Rock Life Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Mazurko, and I'm here with an amazing couple. Uh, they're going to introduce their, their nicknames, 
But uh, we have uh, Jennifer here, and we also have my man Carson. And uh, a little background on them: they're from uh, they're in California, so the Californian you know natives <laughs> now. And from Sacramento, from Long Island, uh, grew up with uh, with Jen going to high school, and and Carson uh, grew up in Sacramento, so the West Coast to East Coast. And you migrated and took uh, Jen to. California land. I stole her. (laughs) But uh, awesome couple where we're going to be going over, you know, your spiritual walk and, and being a parent. They're a parent of six kids, uh, beautiful kids. And uh, it was a buy one, get one free deal. (laughs) And, uh, but just really inspiring couple. And you'll get a chance to see, uh, their beautiful kids as, you know, on their, on their Instagrams. And, um, so a little background on Jen. Jen's a a full-time mother and also a photographer going to be, uh, creating some amazing content and so much talent with that. And Carson is a landscape um, architect for California, does uh, some amazing projects. Uh, I got to see some of his work local uh, and seeing what he's able to do, but just a really great couple inside and out. So I'm excited to have you guys here. Hope you guys are excited too for Sound Rock Life Nation. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank Thank you for for the intro. That was a good intro? (laughs) Yeah, I approve. We're going to have a great conversation. What's your nickname you were saying? We are the... Super Cooper. Super Cooper. <laughs> yeah, we do, we do the something at nighttime. Uh, we do the all the kids put their hands. Yeah, in we're we like one, two, three, three Super Cooper. Do you guys really? Yeah, yeah we really do. To to totally, we're totally gonna make like a, a show on you guys. <laughs> I have some connections, and they, yeah. they're they're so cute. Like wait until you see Aww. you know everybody uh, all together and stuff. But um, yeah, so yeah, you. I want you guys you know get into it, kind of your background and just um, you know growing up a little bit. And maybe we'll start with you, Carson. Okay. Give a quick background so the world can know who you guys are. Man, where to start? So I guess quick overview. I'm the youngest of eight kids. And um, when I was two years old, my parents got divorced. But they were still cordial with one another. Still try to keep, you know, family values was still important to them. And they tried their best to have us keep going to church and still trying to, you know, just be good kids and have good, strong family values. But obviously having them separated was a challenge. I never quite grew up in that kind of household where it's a complete home. You know, some kids always live with my mom, some kids live with my dad and then we'd switch flip flop and switch around. But still I I grew up with, with a great life. I grew up with uh, a great family. I mean, we're all pretty strong, resilient individuals. You know, we all are, uh, you know, I would say we know what we want in life and, um, we're all really good people at heart as well. So we're all very diverse family, different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. People, a lot of people, a lot of my siblings, you know, they believe in different things. They mm-hmm. explore different things. They are very diverse family. Yeah, they eight, got eight uh, uh, brothers and sisters all together. Well, I'm the eighth, so seven. You were the eighth? Yeah. So wow. there's four sisters and three brothers and... Yeah. You know, if I went through each one, you you would see how diverse, you know, even in whom they married yeah. and their, yeah. their kids and, you know, it's a huge family. That's so. crazy. So they had seven times to figure out the mistakes to get to the eight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I was, they always say I was the best. Let's do it. It's like, were the last ones in mistakes, quote unquote, or yeah. are always never a mistake? <laughs> he's, exactly. It's a he's definitely the baby of the family. <laughs> I'm definitely the baby. Yeah. yeah. And, and we'll get into that yeah. more. I got so. all the hand-me-downs. <laughs> and then, so walk us through, so now kind of going into, um, you know, like being raised in that, because it was kind of probably a little confusing, you know, um, of what, like what was going on a little bit or. I mean, I probably got that when I was younger, you know, not quite understanding what was going on, but my both of my parents live pretty local, you know, so I kind of was going around and hanging out, but there was a point where my mom moved out to Utah and some of my older siblings went with her and we'd only see her on Christmas or maybe birthdays or, you know, 
when school started, she would come and, you know, she'd buy us all our clothes and stuff. And so it was, it was nice to see her, but, you know, I wasn't able to, you know, when I was eight or nine years old, she wasn't as prominently around. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and my parents always worked really hard to provide for us, but having so many kids and on a single income, you know, we, we are always, you know, we, we lived well enough to eat well and stuff. And we always had a roof over our head, but we weren't like sporting Nikes and, you know, yeah, you know, it's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, we, I don't know, you know, we were eating cornflakes and, you know, having pancakes for dinner, you know what I mean? It was pretty, pretty good life, but you know, we, I got a lot of hand-me-downs and, and, you know, so learning about frugality and, you know, not going out to eat a lot and stuff like that was, was kind of important. I think we, that contributed to our lifestyle now, but then, you know, my dad just couldn't keep up with, with life and everything. And so a lot of us went and moved with my mom who was up in Oregon. And so I spent a good chunk of my early adolescence up in Oregon, um, made a bunch of new friends that, that was pretty challenging, you know, cause what was that fifth grade mm-hmm. halfway in the year. So it was for Christmas wow. break, we were going up there for Christmas and I, you know, we had a whole bunch of stuff on the back. I thought it was all our presents, but not realizing it was actually all of our like belongings. <laughs> Holy cow. It was the youngest three kids. So me and my, my brother and my sister, we didn't realize we were going up there and literally like staying up there. And so, um, it wasn't until like after Christmas, my, my dad sat us down and was like, um, so we're going to have to ask your mom if you guys can live with her from now on. And, and, oh my gosh. And so that happened. And so my mom's like, well, I guess so. And so we stayed up with the youngest three stayed up with my mom and the rest went down with my dad. And for six years, we were up in Oregon until huh. like sophomore year. We, we, it just wasn't working out in an Oregon. My mom was working like three jobs. She was like killing herself trying just to provide for us. And it was just too hard. She was by herself at the time. Yeah. She was by herself and it was just too challenging. And you know, as high schoolers we were, we were a little crazy. And I think especially us younger too, we were both the younger boys and <laughs> a lot of energy, um, lot of lot of energy and with a mom <laughs> working really hard, but also not around, you know, we were finding ourselves getting into trouble and some of my older siblings who were already more established getting married and stuff, they, uh, they realized they needed to be in our lives more often. So they convinced us to move back down. Wow. So in my sophomore year, halfway in the Christmas time of my sophomore year, I moved back down and just got thrown back into school. But it was interesting. I went back to school with all my buddies from elementary. <laughs> so all of those people I recognized and they all recognized me. So it was almost going right back into the groove of things. So yeah, it was, well, Pretty cool. I'm sure your your childhood is why you guys have such a tight marriage and such a tight, you know, father and mother type of, you know, mentality because of how you grew up in a way. You learned what was good and learned what, all right, like, this is not how we want to be. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I, I saw the struggles of, you know, because my parents tried their best, but they weren't relying on, they weren't relying on, on God. You know yeah. what I mean? They were trying to do it on their own. They were, mm. they were focusing and trusting in the arm of the flesh more than yep. trusting in their faith in God. Wait, say that again. I love that. The arm of the flesh. Yeah, they're and trusting in their own arm of the flesh instead of trusting in, you know, their faith in God. Yeah. They weren't plugged into the right source. Right. And so, and you could see that. You could see their struggles because of that. They were, they were kind of just spinning their wheels. Mm-hmm. They were getting by and they raised us well, you know, and yeah. we all turned out pretty well, pretty good for their efforts. You know, they never forced us to go to church, but they still encouraged us. They still would drive us, but they themselves wouldn't necessarily intend. But, um, they realized that 
if we were going to turn out all right, we, we needed to start focusing on that higher presence. And so yeah. they at least still tried to guide us in that direction, although they weren't behind us kicking us. When, when did you really start to Carson get into like your, your spiritual walk, would you say? And when did you start to dive into that and, and what, what made you? That's a good question. I mean, so when we were up in Oregon, um, it probably was around that time. I don't know. You know, we were on this plot of land with five acres of just beautiful forest, like mm-hmm. old growth. I'm sure it's pretty up there. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. just beautiful old growth forest. And like growing up as a kid, obviously, you, you you could see my house. I mean, I'm surrounded by plants. I, you know, that's my professional landscape architect. I love nature. Mm-hmm. I love He's very good, by the way. Like, I saw some of his stuff. I'm like, you're coming to New York. I'm going to keep him for about a weekend and, I, and we're going to find some stuff. <laughs> All right. I'm down. He loves that stuff, so. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to study up on the New York. I got to show you my garden, by the way. I did make a garden last week. Oh, nice. Week. Oh, you yeah. did? Nice. Because I grew up with my dad. He was yeah. Italian and, you know, yeah. forget about it. Or, you know, tomatoes and eggplants. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, so I have to keep it in the family. Right. Yeah. If, if you don't make a garden, you like, you, there's a generational curse that starts to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you, I got some tomatoes out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> so in your, in your teens, like walk us through your teens and then we'll, we'll it was probably in my teens. I mean, interestingly enough, like in fifth grade, my two best friends turned out to be like, they were really good kids in a very strong Christian homes. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they would invite me to their church and I would go and, you know, but I would still be going to my church. And, you know, at that time, my brother, my eldest brother was on a mission to Helsinki, Finland. And uh, hmm. so my mom would make sure she takes us there. And during one of the meetings, we'd write him letters, right? Because that was the only way we could communicate with him was through letters. And so we'd all have to sit there and write. Most, you know, being a 10 year old, I can only imagine what I wrote about like <laughs> sports or, you know, going fishing or who knows, you know. Yeah. I think, you know, faith and spirituality was probably pretty far in the back of my mind. My brother at that age was a lot more kind of just spiritually present, I think. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he we kind of flip-flopped. He kind of took a more rebellious curve, and I started forming my own kind of testimony and my own foundation. Where it was kind of just embedded us. My mom, she worked on Sunday. She never forced us to go to church, you know, when we started getting into high school and starting to kind of truly finding ourselves, our identity. I think that's when you kind of find yourself. Yeah. And unfortunately that's usually when the biggest pressures and outside influences and distraction are also present during those years. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people if not steered or not founded on the right things, kind of that's where they get lost and it's hard to get back to the right path when you just go down a trail and you get too far lost or too far gone. I'm saying you, the, you were following a map, right? Kind of going. Exactly. And the road back's not impossible. It's just harder. When you look at the world, Carson, right now, and then you know we'll get into your story, Jen. Do you think that's a gap right now of just like people not being grounded in that walk of life and that spiritual, you know, rock? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what you need to be grounded on is, mm-hmm. is the rock. I mean, hence the seven rock life, right? I yeah. mean, the, the the reason why the rock is is so prominent in many of the parables in the Bible, yeah, is because of kind of its symbolism of what it means of being founded on a rock and not founded on sand. Right. Yeah. And when, when did you start to like really dive into like your, your, your walk, would you say, was it like during that time? And it was during, I think it was like 13 or 14. When really? It, that young? Well, that's when I started, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I fell off the path. Many We're times. starting every day. Yeah. Exactly. So, about that time, because my mom didn't, she was working, right? And my brother and I, 
you know, during those early years, you know, girls and, you know, there was drugs and other influence, especially up in Oregon. I mean, yeah. the saying is you could throw a stick and hit a drug dealer up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah outside cool. Eugene, especially. Yeah. Um, you know, so all that was present. And but still, my brother and I would wake up and we'd walk to church. Just him and I, you know, sometimes we'd just go for the first hour or for, for the first meeting. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't stay necessarily all the time, but something still got us up. And something still got us to church. And I think there was just an inherent um, kindling, like some embers, you know, that were just embedded in our heart. I don't know if it was from our earlier ages of going to church as a family or whatnot, but just something was there where I also started reading the scriptures on my own. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? There's all this talk about, you know, you got to read the scriptures, read the Bible. And, yep. you know, you'll, you know, by reading the word, you'll find the truth in it. And so... Obviously, I would read it and I wasn't getting it, but I would still read it just because I had a duty. And I think that's a lot of um, the source of a lot of my obedience, per se, or for me to trying to stay on the right path. Or even as that, what got us up, kids, at 8 o'clock in the morning, on a Sunday morning, we could have slept in all day. You know, no parent supervision, and we would walk them out of the church hmm. and spend our Sunday at church. What 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 caused that? Uh, it's hard for me to explain. I guess the only thing I could say was just we, we felt an inherent duty almost. Like yeah. We had a duty to fulfill and we knew. Buzz, my, my brother, sorry, I call him Buzz. His name's JD. That's his name, uh, Buzz? That's his, that's uh, his nickname. His that's his family. Oh, well, why? I want to know <laughs> what the story. What did you do? What happened? I think it was when I, I wasn't even born yet when he got that nickname. I just grew up knowing. <laughs> I think one day my... He had, he was getting longer hair, and my dad got sick of it and just buzzed his head. And that was the thing. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, it's only family that calls him that anymore. He tried to steer. Yeah. So, what about, what about Buzz? What were you saying about Buzz? <laughs> he and I had a lot. I mean, we still do, but we had some pretty big aspirations for our life and what we want to accomplish in life. I mean, real big, like change the world, big. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we went through our different ways of which we thought we could obtain that goal and how we could eventually obtain kind of the the pinnacle of life that we wanted to achieve, at least in this world. And, uh, you know, we had high aspirations and we, we realized that no matter which path we chose, you know, to, to reach this pinnacle of life, the, all of them led through that straight and narrow path, Mm -hmm. you know, that, we realized we could never achieve that without the help of a, of a, you know, a divine being, you yeah. know, that God or that presence, that higher being that helps us and guides us. Yeah. And I think when, uh, I've been saying this recently a lot, if, if God, the universe defined you, refined you and created you, make sure that you're not letting the wrong people in life try to edit you. Mm-hmm. Because if you, if somebody's trying to edit you, but they didn't create you, how are they going to know what to, to do to refine you? Mm-hmm. Because you're defined and refined by your higher power. Right. He made you, you know. And I think when you understand that, then you won't be confused about what needs to be changed about you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of what you were just saying is is diving into that and, and figuring out from the right source. Yeah. Not so many sources because everybody has their opinions, but it's like get it from the source. Right. Mm-hmm. And do you think that when like some sometimes your alone time is when you discover yourself the most? Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's critical to just good spiritual mental physical health is to have some just time by yourself to just sit there and ponder meditate yep think or just kind of just 
you know, some people would call it Nirvana, meditate, whatever, you know, just something that where you're by yourself. And I think that's kind of why I like nature too, right? Because there's no better place to do that kind that's of thing mm-hmm. than just in nature or you hear a trickle of a stream or something. It's been around the longest, but we never learned from it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. I feel like, and I want to, I want to have you go on next. This is awesome stuff, by the way. So mm-hmm. I, I love it. Um, but when you look at nature, I think sometimes birds are laughing at us because they're like, look at these humans, like dum-dums. <laughs> you know, like they're just, they're all over the place and they're not enjoying what this world has, how beautiful it is. Like in SoCal right here mm-hmm. in California, we were just saying how everything's blossoming. It's beautiful. And, but nature's been around the longest, but we never learned from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, so. so. I encourage everyone to go spend some time in it. Yeah. You know, sit there and think and ponder. And, yeah. yeah. Dude, I 100% agree. (laughs) I love it. So, Jen, all right? So, walk us through, you know, going from Long Island, all Mm -hmm. right? Growing up there, you know, we went to uh, school together and we reconnected over the summer. And, you know, just uh, getting around you guys, you guys are just so grounded and you have a great spirit, you know, beautiful family. And you're very genuine, both of you. And that's why I said I want to have you guys on the podcast. It'd Mm -hmm. be an honor uh, because you you resemble what the American, you know, they're just families around the world would want to have that love together, that understanding. And nothing's perfect. There's always things to learn and grow, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But you're 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 wanting to grow. Mm -hmm. And the love that I see with your kids is is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's inspiring, really is. And that's what Sarah Rock Life is about: living to inspire. You know, and, and with families out there. So. Walk us through kind of your growing up, where your family came from and and into here. Sure. So I was born in Colombia. I came here six months old. So I was pretty much raised in New York. Uh, My mother and my father met in Colombia. They came here. So they immigrated to Queens. Um, From there, uh, I'm just one from me and my brother. Uh, we... Older or younger? Younger. He's younger? Yeah. Yeah. So he So he had to, uh, you made the mistakes for him for he can learn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope so. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so, uh, I grew up in a really good family. I can't lie. Um, my mother and my father were together. Uh, very strong family, I would say. Uh... We always went to church. I grew up Catholic. Um, we went to church every Sunday, and uh, my parents like really uh, put a foundation that you know Jesus lives, and that you know having God presence in our lives. So I would say like they really put that in me. Um, but uh, growing up, I I always emulated them. Mm-hmm. They never really fought. Um, they had a really good relationship, um, and uh, they're very disciplined. And my dad was very strict. <laughs> uh, they strict both were from Colombia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how was that? When do you remember coming here, and how it was uh, for them? Like, was it tough? Or? It was. It was tough for my mother, obviously, learning a new language. Yeah. Um, so they they knew no, no English. My mother didn't. My 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 father was. He came to Queens when he was fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. He went to high school, so he he got an education. Yeah, it's very it's very diverse yeah. there, and Spanish yeah. is very yeah. relevant there. Yeah. And so he he knew English, but he went back to Colombia and he met my mother there. And you know, that's the only reason why he went back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he went back to visit, and I think my mom was uh, that sexy lady, you know. <laughs> That he really wanted, and you know they got uh, they got uh, married pretty quickly <laughs> after that. 
Yeah, so I I can't complain. I had a really good childhood. Um, but um, like with like what Carson said, um, everything was really frugal. And my mom, she is one of fifteen. One so, of fifteen? Yeah. <laughs> fifteen kids? Yeah. No way. Yeah. And so wow. she grew up in the farm. You know, everything is manual Practice work. Practice permanent. Yeah. <laughs> everything is manual work. And um, she took, you know, everything had value. Like, everything. Because she, she had, like, nothing. You know, like, she, her dream was just to buy a doll, you know. And um, she couldn't because uh, back then um, she had to work on the farm. And so she didn't really have money and stuff. But obviously when she came here, all she wanted to do was, like, give us everything because she just didn't have that growing up. And education for us was really important because she also only had a third grade um, education. She only went to third grade. But my mom is definitely the strength. Like, she progressed so much once she came here. And she has that immigrant, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to work hard, the dream. And she's kind of like a... You know, there's no limit, you know, and so she has a successful business now, and so she's really my my inspiration. Um, That's awesome. So my mom was a really good mom, and um, you know, I I had this idea of what a family should be because you know I grew up well, and uh, but um, obviously my mom, you know, she was a good woman to her husband because she never said anything negative about my dad. And then as we were growing older, I started noticing when I was around 19, there was some problems, like they weren't talking enough and, Mm -hmm. you know, something just didn't seem right. Um, And then I found out that my dad wasn't faithful to my mother. And then my whole, like, world broke because I was like, what? Like, Mm -hmm. not my dad. Because I really... My dad goes to church, like, I, how can my dad do this? And, like, my, my dad really loves him because they were pretty affectionate, uh, yeah. you know, with you each other. Yeah, you were 19 other. at the time? Yeah, 19. And so um, going to school, and obviously I'm starting to notice, I was going to Stony Brook at the time, mm-hmm. their life was affecting me because I, I noticed, mm-hmm. I started noticing the changes, and, you know, my mom really wanted to keep this marriage together because she was really scared like what's gonna happen next yeah but my dad kind of checked out I think he just was you know I'm done kind of thing and it was really hard for me and my brother to see that like seeing the struggle and like you know my mom felt humiliated and so it was hard um I felt like that was my rock bottom Mm -hmm. was seeing that that person that you you know, I I remember telling my mom, like, I want to marry someone just like my dad. And then, like, having that image just shattered, I was, like, I was pretty heartbroken. Yeah. I'm um, sure a lot of people can relate yeah. to that, you know, in today's world of just things of, you know, yeah. where it's like you you look at them as Superman and Batman. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they, they fall then, short, but then it's like, hey, they have their own story. Yeah. Definitely, like, you could build a reputation. It takes you many years, but, like, in a few seconds, it could demolish and that's Mm -hmm. how it felt with my dad it was like you know that reputation like was gone and so I think and also at that time I I was going with my relationship it was my first boyfriend Mm -hmm. (laughs) my parents were really strict like I didn't have any boyfriend (laughs) yeah yeah. come to the first I'm sure the first date was like (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad, you didn't want to mess with him. Um, you know who I know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, he was my first boyfriend, and I fell in love with him because uh, I think but it, what I notice now, I'm like, it was a different kind of love. Because now that I, I experienced the true love, I feel, that was more of a factuation love and, mm-hmm. and stuff. But, yeah, we were really good that first year where he treated me nice and everything. And I really liked him because he had that spiritual, you know, thing that I wanted in the guy. Yeah. Um, but later on, he started doing drugs. And, like, I was, like, I was really, like, a goody two-shoes. I was, like, no drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then he started changing his personality, like jealousy, and then like he just started treating me bad, you know, like like uh, with uh, abusive words. Luckily, he never like hit me or you know anything like that, but like abusing, yeah, like with words. And then it kind of crumpled me down, like like my worth felt like really small, and I just was always fighting, like you know, I have to fix him, like we mm-hmm. could work it out, and like there's so much you could do you know, to help somebody. It's yeah. like, they really have to change themselves. Like, it's really hard to yeah. do that. So. What, when, when, what did you do, like, kind of getting, so getting through that, because mm-hmm. people listen to this out there, right. they may be going through similar stuff mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. where their parents are splitting up, or um, bad there's, relationship. there's bad relationships, mm-hmm. whatever. So walk us through, like, what, going through that, and then after that, what did you do to get yourself out of that? Well, Pretty much the foundation of what my parents told me um, is prayer, pretty much. So mm-hmm. what happened was, like, you know, my parents were getting a divorce. That's when my parents were saying, like, we're getting a divorce. And my my, my uh, boyfriend at the time was pretty much saying, like, I don't need you. And I felt like, like a piece of, you know, almost garbage because he just, like, kind of, like, he played with my emotions a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, there was that point in my life is like, what is going on? Like, how did I get here? And it's like, I started questioning my life for the first time, you know, because, uh, growing up, I just, yeah. just, you know, walk, but like, so I don't why know. am I here? What am I yeah. doing here? I just, I just yeah. started really questioning, like, how did I get here? This is not what I wanted for my life. And if I want to do, if I want to have a different outcome, I need to change something. So pretty much, like, the foundation was prayer. And I remember, you know, growing up Catholic, there's more, like, of a repetition of prayer. And I grew up that way. But this is, like, one of the first time I actually prayed, you know, with my heart and very sincere. So I was at my boyfriend's house, and um, uh, he was tearing me down and I just pretty much kneeled down like he oh well yeah he went downstairs for something and I just like I'm just gonna pray right here so I started praying and I started you know thinking like maybe all this bad stuff is happening because I know better I know better that you know I was doing like some things that I shouldn't be having doing it and so I think it was like one of my first time repenting like like asking God for forgiveness like God I really want to change like please give me a chance to change and I'll promise like I'll do anything because I don't want to be sad anymore. I was in, I was pretty much depressed. I'm a yeah. very happy person, but you are, yeah. <laughs> I, like at that time I was, I think I was pretty much depressed and I didn't know what else to do. And I, I felt, I, you know, who else 
could help me, but God. So you really mm-hmm. started guiding because of your rock bottom, those crushing yes, times. those crushing and times. And it got uh-huh. you down on your knees and say, hey, I got to change. Yeah. I, I, need, yeah. I need some help. Mm-hmm. You know, these things are happening to me, but then they're mm-hmm. happening for me, yeah. not to me. Yeah. And then you started guiding yourself towards, you know, the source. Yeah. yeah. I started praying. And that prayer, I, I remember like if it's yesterday, I just remember asking God for forgiveness, telling him that, you know, give me a chance. I want to change. And then it was like a knock on the, on the door. And it happened to be like, I thought it was his mother. So I ran to the bathroom and like washed my face, like pretending I wasn't crying and stuff. And it was actually missionaries, which, uh, surprising enough, I didn't know missionaries or missionaries work or anything, but I remember my husband, uh, my boyfriend was telling them, like, you know, shoot, we don't want to listen to you guys. But for some reason, I felt like this, like, uh, a voice in my head said, go down, like, go downstairs. Mm-hmm. I, I just, like, went downstairs. I introduced myself. And, like, they were saying, like, hey, we're from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I just heard Jesus Christ. And I just knew, like, hmm, maybe this is the answer. And so I kind of... They told me they were missionaries and they just want to, like, preach what, you know, Jesus would say on this earth. And Mm. I was like, all right, uh, I'll be willing to listen. I was like, I didn't think, like, oh, this is the answer or anything. I just like, you know what? They're saying good, positive things. This is what I need in my life. And so I went with it. And so. And that's where your walk kind of started again. Yeah. And then that's when I started. That was like, I, I remember my boyfriend at the time was like, you know, he pretty much kicked me out of the outhouse. And I, usually I'm like the type of like, no, I'm running back. But for some reason, like something changed. Like I felt like almost like a, a reborn, like refreshed almost. Mm-hmm. I just felt like strong at that point. I'm like, I'm never yeah. going to come back to this house and have him treat me this way. So I, that was the last time I pretty much saw him was that point, And I never went back and you know, um, my spiritual journey pretty much started from there. I started realizing that, um, you know, God is the way pretty much. Um, I can't do this by myself. I knew I needed some spiritual help. And what, and that's, that's beautiful. You know, just what do you think some of your, your best advice at people that are out there, you know, three tips of what they can do, Mm -hmm. um, to kind of, put themselves in a better position okay emotionally physically whatever it is like three tips would you say yeah i would say first humble yourself Mm -hmm. um humble is key like know that you can't do it on your own know that you need that help and ask for help i mean there's people around us that are willing to help and you know we have that pride or we don't want to inconvenience people Mm -hmm. seek for that help seek for it yeah yeah Second would be, um, I don't know, I would say prayer, um, having that guidance, um, you know, whatever you believe in, search for that, you know. Um, And then um, the third would be, I don't know, just believe in yourself. Believe Mm. that you can do this. Um, Believe that you can get out of the situation and trust that you're, you know, good enough. And that you have worth and you have potential and you have greatness in you, you know, that 
you can do anything if you really put your mind to it. I love it. That's Uh, awesome. (laughs) Well, you know, and it's, you look back at those quote unquote crushing times, Mm -hmm. it turned you into, you know, amazing soil that produced an amazing harvest, you know, Mm -hmm. with your kids and and your husband now and, you know, and your, your, your emotion cries sometimes now are happiness. Yeah. Right. And, and you just learned to have that agape love and pray for those people that they change and grow, but you know, Mm -hmm. you, you have to be the architect of your future. Oh, for sure. It definitely, you know, my perspective just like changed. And like, that's what I, I just love the church because my, my, you know, before it was like, why is this happening to me? Now I'm just like, I know this is happening to me because I need to learn something from it. It's a Mm -hmm. trial that maybe I just need to get better at. And so every perspective has changed and like, I am almost like not afraid it's kind of weird when you have faith like faith is the opposite of fear and so it's like I I just feel different like I'm not scared you know when it comes to like children everybody's like aren't you scared I'm like no I don't know I just always have that faith like everything will be okay and like I don't know also when you have that faith in God like I feel you know you have this protection you just feel powerful (laughs) like these angels are all, all around you. You have a zen about you. Yeah. You're like, it'll be fine. Yeah. You're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, cause so I, it's just it, different. It's interesting to say that because I wasn't that way. I would like, if I missed an exit or was, you know, late for something, it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you know, you get panicked, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll be fine. You yeah. know, like we, we get so ex- have anxiety because it's, it's just like, yeah. we we make something that's bigger than it's not. Mm-hmm. We'll be, it's all good. You yeah. know, relax. <laughs> and um, wait, and so yeah. like walk us through that. How did you meet Carson? How did you guys connect? So <coughs> I um, so I went to the, I started going to the church of where the missionaries were going. Um, and um, I remember, you know, I was just open-minded. I wasn't ready to like, hey, I'm going to change religion or anything. That was not my thing. I just wanted positive feedback and they were, and I had every question I could think of, and they just answered it. And then little by little, they started telling me, like, you know, you should read the scriptures mm-hmm. and, and stuff. And then I'm like, yeah, I, I want to change my life. And then little by little, I started realizing, like, um, maybe that prayer is like, that was my answer. This is what I was, ans- like, wanting to hear. Because I remember they told me, like, what baptism was all about. And they told me baptism is pretty much when you're reborn, when you all your sins are forgiving. And that was a a big problem with me. Like, I was, I had, you know, I felt like kind of dirty. I felt like there were so much sins that I had in my life, and I needed to be clean. And I remember when they said, like, when you get baptized, your slate is clean. And I was just like, what? This is what I wanted. And, And when I heard that, I just felt like it just clicked, like, this is the answer. This is what God wants me to be at. And so... I got baptized in the church, and then uh, Carson at the time, he was a missionary. So in our church, they served for two years. He was uh, Spanish-speaking at the time, and uh, I went to the Spanish branch. I would never guess you yeah. speak Spanish. Yeah. You know, I remember the last time you said that, I'm like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> no hablas. No hablas. Yeah. <laughs> so in gringo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean... He he still he he speaks well. I'm pretty rusty. But yeah, we're getting rusty a little bit with our Spanish, not practicing every day. But um, yeah, and then like, and that's how you guys met. We met there, and you know, I I met him, and I didn't think any of the anything of him at the time because uh, (laughs) yeah, well yeah. Tell him. 
tell him what you did think about me as a missionary. Oh, he was like a strict. I, you know, the other guys were like a goofballs, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but he was like, he comes in like, now we have to do this and that, and he was really strict. And though I didn't like that attitude, I was like, oh, you know. <laughs> so I didn't. Apparently I didn't you see did, anything. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't see anything. To me, but... that's a compliment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Missionary, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So we we got acquaintances. He kept on his mission. He only we only were. He was I in his mission. Another year of my mission left. Yeah. And what then... were you doing? Where were we? Missionary. Where? Yeah. Um, I all over Long Island and Queens. Really? Yeah. So yeah. I would go to Did different. you ever go overseas at all or just more uh, mm-hmm. local? I was just in New York. Yeah, New so York. it's just a specific area that yeah. they focus on for those two years. But at the same time, my brother, who we had mentioned earlier, he, mm-hmm. he went to Portugal, Lisboa, yeah. Portugal. So he was yeah. serving. We literally went out the same time. He went out six weeks after me because he had to do his visa. Mm-hmm. But we got our... You know, we yeah. got our calling at the same time. And then my best friend, he went to Moscow, Russia. Wow. So they walk went us, overseas. <laughs> walk us through your mission kind of like uh, area of life. I mean, our, our mission's every day um, in a way. But that, but that time, what, what did it do for you? And what are some maybe some stories? Oh, it's man. definitely yeah. specific. Like, yeah. yeah. So they give it up like, like so, for two years. Yeah. So obviously, as you s- said, like. You know, because you're you're going to be going overseas soon and mm-hmm. doing missionary work, and so you know, obviously, missionary work is service, right? Yep. You're going around, you're providing service, you're doing your best to kind of be a light of Christ, or just to be a light and uh, a light for good mm-hmm. for the world, you know. And so, in our church, um, we at at the age of nineteen, if you choose to, men and women. Um, can go and serve for two years where literally they give up everything. We don't work. We don't do anything. We don't go see movies. We don't watch TV. Our whole day, we, we wake up. We if, we if it's learning a language, we'd study language. We'd study the gospel. We'd read the scriptures. We'd mm-hmm. pray. We'd work, exercise a little bit. And then the rest of the day, we're out in the streets. We're either serving, helping people move, teaching people lessons, teaching people about God, or teaching them inspirational messages they need to hear we're helping in the church we're mm-hmm. going around visiting the members and you know uh, helping wherever we could to um you know bring bring light or you know because as missionaries we felt we were embassy we were as disciples of christ we we felt we were if god if christ was on the earth how would he be treating people we yeah. we try and emulate that be the spark be the light exactly. for others in maybe dark times exactly so if you yeah. can think of the bible in the biblical days jesus sent his 70 he sent his apostles out to preach the gospel he sent them out yep. to do missionary work right and they had a very specific task and we did the same thing for 2 years so Mm-hmm. missed a lot of movies a lot of yeah. video games you know in new york you'd see them on the billboards like oh yeah. x-men's coming out or you know knew this knew that but we're like well whatever yeah <laughs> yeah see when i come back but your movie you know your movie was life you know exactly. going out there and, yeah and and it was and, it was a pretty phenomenal experience i yeah, I, I, sure. I mean there's nothing really to there's yeah. no other life experience and no other time in your life you'd ever have something like that it's kind of a one in a lifetime event where for two years you literally you know for because you had to work and save up money to afford to not work for two years right and you know we had to rely on family and everyone would pitch in and help support us because the church wouldn't do that we had to pay our own way 
And so did just two years focus on gospel, focus on our relationship with God, focus on our relationship with others and how we treat others and what we can do to bring others up. And, you know, it it was, it was pretty phenomenal. Would you say it was a big time for you in your life of what has made you who you are today? Of course. Yeah. And being grounded and just Mm -hmm. being, you know, rock solid with that. For me, I mean, we, we know a lot of missionaries from my mission who go out, they come back and maybe they're not so rock solid. You know what I mean? Maybe the mission for them wasn't exactly what it was for so many others. Mm. So it's kind of an individual thing. It is what you make it. And, um, just Mm -hmm. life in general is like that. Right. So you could go to Disneyland and have a horrible time because maybe that's just who you are. Maybe you, you were looking at all the wrong things. Mm. You know, and that's really I, I want to stay right there because that's so important. Where joy is a focus is not a feeling, right? Exactly. And mm-hmm. we we sometimes will look at what we don't have instead of what we do have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know I've I've been there a lot in life, but now more than ever, it's like I'll look at the bird, I'll look at nature, I'll look at even right now. It's 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 a blessing coming to be around you guys, right? Because you can learn something from everyone, right? You mm-hmm. can't learn everything from someone but you can learn something from everyone Mm -hmm. right and i think what you just said before is how do you look at the light of the things whether there's positive in your life or negative you know what what because i think that's a gap in the world right is we're not the conductors of our happiness we let other things take away that that happiness we let the wrong people on our train of life which and we Mm -hmm. need to tell them to get off board for a little bit Mm till they change so what what are some steps you think to keep the mission, to keep you focused, to keep you uh, on the, the things that are positive in life. How do you do that? You asking me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> either or you. Yeah, yeah. You guys um, are, or well, I can take it away and Jen can add it. Yeah. So how do you stay on track? For me, happiness is not a moment. You know what I mean? Happiness is not an event. Yeah. Happiness is a journey, yeah. right? And as we've been talking about, happiness is progression towards something out there that we're trying to attain, trying to reach for, you know, and if you don't have a goal, if you don't have something to reach for, can you really ever attain true joy or happiness? I don't think that's, that's possible. Mm, And I think that's what's missing in the world. Too many people are going through life and they don't have that thing, that carrot out in front of them, pulling them towards something. They have nothing. So true. They have nothing to to attain for. Maybe, okay, maybe I want a big car or a big house or a new Tesla or whatever. Maybe I want this worldly thing but that's not what really gets you that true happiness maybe maybe it's if you want a family you want to get married you want to have kids you want to just have a nice life you know obviously for us for us who are a little more religious there's something after this life that's part of that Mm -hmm. thing we're trying to obtain but happiness is the the progression of getting closer to that you know what i mean of making these little little goals in your life these little stepping stones and as you step on one and you see the next one you jump to it there's these little, you know, people nowadays on their Facebook and whatever, they hit the like button. Those little yeah. dopamine hits, right? And it's mm-hmm. addictive. But if you can get, f- figure out what those dopamine, dopamine hits are in your life, then, you know, mm. habit, ha- habit, good habits, good lifestyle, good hobbies, those become addictive. And those keep feeding your happiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like putting your kids away to bed and kiss mm-hmm. him on the head and, and reading something and that's your dopamine mm-hmm. yeah. we get it it's mm-hmm. so that's so good because <laughs> i write about that in my book of how a lot of people don't know when the iphone and the scientists that made like the facebook and everything they had people 
go into rooms and say, okay, how can we get people to be addicted to this platform? Yeah. Right. True story. Yeah, of yeah. course. And they said, Hey, it's the dopamine and serotonin. Mm-hmm. And based on the like, and based on the followers and all those things, that's, that's what they created. Mm-hmm. And then we become addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's pluses and minuses of, of obviously social media and different stuff like that. But I like what you said, you need to figure out your dopamine, you know, of, of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Of what, what is, what is the good dopamine in your life? Mm-hmm. And what are the good things that are, you know, that are beneficial? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's good stuff. What about you? Well, for me, um, I don't know. For me, it's just, I have a really good husband. So our, uh, yesterday we were kind of talking, uh, You're in the so garage. Cute, <laughs> wow, so cute, we were talking in the garage, uh, because we were cleaning it out and, uh, Carson goes, in his yearbook, he started like flipping, you know, in through his yearbook. Oh, and the then, glory days. I started uh, yeah, the glory days. All the glory days. Yeah. <laughs> I had a six pack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then we were just talking about like girl, you know, he was talking like, oh, this girl, you know, like wonder mm. how it would be or something like that. And then I was like, hey, what do you mean? What about me? And stuff like that. And then I don't know, just coming realization like how he had certain suitor, like, suitors I guess or I had some certain suitors and then I'm just realizing how happy I am with him and just realizing like this life is so much happier for me when you have like a partner you know like uh Carson and I um before getting married we were pretty much a little less than a year riding back and forth because I was in New York he was in California and we our foundation was really brought into deep conversations because that's all we, like, what else would you do? Like, emailing back each other. So it was always questions and all that stuff. And I remember, uh, I think we were talking about yesterday about, like, a mountain. I, I did an analogy how I'm just trying to find, like, that traveling partner, you know, to climb this mountain and how mm. much easier life is with a partner in reality. And, uh, Carson and I, like, you know, we're this oneness right now. And I think that's important in marriage, that oneness. Um, and I don't know, he's like my traveling buddy. And when he's sad, I'm sad. When he's happy, I'm happy. When he succeeds, I succeed. I feel like we have this teammate. And, like, a lot of people, I think, nowadays, feel like it's almost, like, selfish. Like, they just want stuff for themselves almost. Yeah. And I feel like you, people are always trying to acquire, like, being the best, the best, best. But, like, it's so much easier when you have, you have that partner next to you. And, uh, and, like, when you become, you know, you have a partner with you, um, oh, what does it say? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, just and easier. No, that's, that's so beautiful. Uh-huh. That's awesome because it's, it's, it's true. It's, when you can have those not surface conversations, mm-hmm. but those deeper level yeah. mm-hmm. of like, and, and being patient, it's, you know, we were talking about before agape love, mm-hmm. it's purest form of love, right? You know, mm-hmm. that goes over in the Bible and understanding Corinthians and Proverbs and being mm-hmm. that Proverbs 31 man, right? Mm-hmm. There's a great book, Proverbs 31 man that was written by a woman actually. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. And you know, it's like, it's a phenomenal <laughs> book and understanding just mm-hmm. uh, with five love languages, Gary Chapman. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you guys, that was one of our check marks that we were going to talk about. Yeah. yeah, not get into that per se, but that mm-hmm. being. Well, I think. Like, about I, think that. I mean, yeah. I think their your question overall is the overall arching theme, right? And then like it gets broken down into sub questions and subcategories of how we achieve it, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think 
those subcategories are what we were probably, we're going to touch on all that stuff as this conversation pursues. And I think it'll always allude back to that question, right? About happiness. Yeah. You know? Cause what, what really is the point? What is the purpose of life? Yeah, what, what's the point <laughs> of living if you're not living well and living happy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's true. And with relationships, right? Maybe talking about, cause you, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you that next yeah. about relationships and people out there building a, a great bond. How long have you guys been married now for? 10, 10 years. 10 years? Ah, oh, that's awesome, yeah. man. So you should have 10 kids by now. Come on. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, any more kids oh, or are you guys done? No, we're done. We're, we're done. I mean, it was our goal when we first got married. Six? We just knew. Six. Yeah, we, we, we have it written down. It was like we wanted six. Can you see the names of them because they're so Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they, they're cool names. I mean, they're pretty awesome names. They are. You listen they're to amazing. these names, guys. They're amazing. Okay, so do you remember them? That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I remember them, them in order, but the if you if you put them all in a line, I'd oh, yeah. call the wrong name about three times in a row yeah, before I get to my kid. I get that from my dad. <laughs> oh, he would call me every other name but my name. He would even call me some of my sister's names before yeah. he got to me. <laughs> yeah. But, bad, so the oldest is Kilana Soraya. And she's nine years old, so that's our oldest. Kilana Soraya. Yeah. Cooper. And then we have Malachi David. He's, He's our, our eight-year-old. One and only boy. Yeah. So Malachi has a good, strong name. Yeah. And then Navu Elise. And Navu pays back to kind of the history of our church. And She's mm-hmm. six it's years Hebrew. old. Yeah. And then we have Avalon Namaya. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. That's... Avalon is the name of the park we got engaged at. Yeah. She's four. And then we have Seraphim Sapphire. Yeah. And she's three. She's a red rat. <laughs> Where'd yeah, that name come from? Seraphim? I mean, it's a little bit, it's in the Bible. I mean, obviously it's a masculine name and it's plural, so it doesn't quite make sense as a <laughs> yeah. feminine singular name, but I think it works. I think it's beautiful nonetheless. Yeah. It's just an, uh, a pretty name that I just always liked yeah, it's beautiful. as a name. Yeah. And, you know, obviously if you listen to all the names again, they're all pretty unique and individual. Being the youngest of eight, I never had this uh, keen need to like have these, you know, you know, these like names that are, right? you know, you're passing down the family name or whatever, you know, you need to mm-hmm. have George Albert Smith or whatever. We were always thinking like, <laughs> what looks good on the billboard? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what makes like a famous uh, sound? Or I don't know. Just yeah. what's the, I don't know. Yeah. We had, I felt like I had a freedom to kind of explore yeah. the names and hopefully those names attached to their personality as well. Mm-hmm. And what's uh, the, the last one? The last one, is, one she's a year. Her name is Azarel. Azarel Alma. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And Nazarel, yeah. most of them are biblical or Hebrew related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of them I just made up. <laughs> like Kilana. And we, we got stuck with Jen and Steve. Yeah. And yeah. Carson's a cool name. Know. You know, so. yeah, Carson's not too bad, yeah, but Carson's yeah, cool Jen and Steve. Yeah, yeah, everybody, like millions of people. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, I was know. reading a book, um, uh, Untethered Soul, and it talks about how there's a lot of good stuff in it. And how we have like this, you know, uh, inner roommate that we may like or not like. But then he was talking a little bit about how some people, most people are defined by their status and name. But what's crazy is that your name, you shouldn't be defined by your name or status. Uh, you should be defined by the root of who you are. Right. Right. Yeah. If you take those two things away, who are you really? Because if, if you tell me, hey, your name is, you know, um, Carson or Steve, whatever it is. Well, that's somebody else gave you that. Mm-hmm. You didn't even choose that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody else gave that to you. So. Mm-hmm. Who are you really at your root, right? right? So with kind of going into that, what do you think defines you guys, you know, with your roots and what, what are your roots of life, right? Mm-hmm. And how do people kind of discover their roots? Because I think that's that's a huge thing. So what are your roots? Who, what defines you guys? 
And I know that's a good question. <laughs> Put you guys on the spot. So what are your roots and where do you, where do you get your roots? And obviously, you know, your spiritual walk and yeah. through the Bible and, and different things. But what are, what are, what are roots mean to you guys? Obviously, I think of like, uh, I start thinking of a tree, right? A symbolism of tree. For me, it's just uh, my motherhood, mother, like being a daughter uh, and a sister, you know. Um, so my roots comes from me, like just family, like that grounded. I feel like family to me is the foundation of everything in, yeah. in relationships and we could build from there. And so, I don't know. Well, being a mother, mothers mm-hmm. that are out there of six kids, yeah. right? What's your best tips and what? how do you stay grounded and rooted <laughs> being a mother of six? I say um, patience, <laughs> a lot of patience. For me, it's really at the end, it's just, um, I feel like having a family, it's like full circle in a way. I feel like how would, once I became a mother, I started realizing, like, this is the purpose of life. Like, you know, I have these children to steward and to take. It's a major responsibility that I have to influence mm-hmm. in a great way. And it's it's a big, you know, I have to invest that time in them. And so um, I'm constantly thinking of, like, how would, you know, God see us like how would god you know i don't know like how i see it's like life's lessons like i'm i'm constantly teaching my t- my uh, kids like i feel like the home it's like school in a mm-hmm. way it's it's their teaching ground it's school their training it's yeah. school of life and uh, i really value motherhood and i keep it sacred and i understand that this is my my sacred duty uh, in this life. It's and your gift. It's my gift, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you feel it too with you, like both you guys. Is, yeah. You, you, you generally enjoy and, it, obviously. Yeah, and I'm constantly, because mothering is tiring and it's, you know, you sometimes feel alone and you, you don't have that outside, you know, conversations with everyone. You're dealing with like little toddlers and it's tough in the beginning, for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, they teach you so much in return. They do. Kids, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. I think what I love about kids when I was with my niece the other day mm-hmm. is I see that they're not jaded because mm-hmm. they're just always mm-hmm. new. Yeah. Culture jades you, changes yeah. you. Oh, yeah. And then they love having fun. Yeah. And, and they, we... they explore, they ah, innovate. And like... They really do. As you grow up, I think we, we ourselves put this like boundary. Mm-hmm. But like little kids, they don't... They could be mm-hmm. whatever they want. And like us as people so or true. like school start like, you know, keeping them in a the little box and then we forget how to be creative but yep. you know imagination like it runs raw wild in them and stuff and so yeah. it's just amazing i mean i really feel like once you have kids everything f- comes full so- circle like it's like wow this is the meaning of life yeah. you know when when you have them and they teach you so much and i don't know you just kind of you just kind of go with the flow i don't know <laughs> with kids it's it's hard it's tiring but this is where you learn like it's not all about yourself I mean you know a lot of people will ask me like oh you have six kids you know having one is so difficult I'm like the first one is the most difficult of all of them because that's when you 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 know you're so into yourself you know in life all of a sudden you have a kid and it's like it's reversed it's like mm-hmm. you can't choose pick and choose like go out to the movies it's like 
you have to be really be, be selfless. And yeah. that's where you really learn how to be selfless in moments and, you know. You also don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. Funniest <laughs> moments or <right>? funny stories <laughs> that you can bring up with the kids. Oh, man. Whether it's recent or from the past, like the funniest uh, things that have happened. Yeah. <laughs> any, any good stories at all? I mean, every no, day is like always... Sparking like a thing. It's like, man, we need to like not do a YouTube channel, but just like oh, do yeah. kind of videos because like especially... Like our dinner, you know, we always oh, yeah. have try and have we dinner together. Have dinner together. Mm-hmm. There's always something that a gets funny said conversation. Or, yeah, my boy I, is very hilarious. He says the funniest <laughs> things, and it's like I don't know where he comes up with this stuff. Yeah, it's but, like where do you learn um, that from? Man, They're really are sponges. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I every mean, day. I think. Well, I know last time I was here, it was so cool seeing how they work together. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they team up, and now <laughs> it's it's funny when you when you're little, you see your parents as like these older folks that don't know what they're doing and in reality yeah. we don't know what we're doing i i actually like realized like wow my mom you know you have this idea like they know everything but in reality they they were in that journey like they really don't know what they were doing either but they <laughs> they, they worked it, it out you make it. yeah you make it till you make it kind of but well, I, think the, I think we're doing this right yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean the thing with like funny stories i i think not more memorable ones will come up as they age, but like right now what's funny to us as being their parents is like what they don't find necessarily too funny, you know, because they don't, they think it's embarrassing or they're oh, like, oh, yeah. you're teasing me and they don't realize how funny it is in re- in a real life context. Yeah. So most of the, most of the stories are like, for example, you know, my son, when he was like five or whatever, we said, oh, there's a spider on your head. And he started freaking out, right? And I wish we had it on video because it's like a yeah, like $10,000 winner at America's Funniest Home Videos because it's so funny. He was freaking out. And I'm like, don't move. I'm going to smack it. And I smacked his head. And he's like, yeah. did you get it? Did he's you like, get no. It? And he, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just stuff like that. And it's just, to it's, us, it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of fun. Like parenting is fun. Like we were talking about the other day. It's like, if we didn't have kids, like, Life is a little boring because they make it fun. Yeah. But it's like, they make us laugh and it makes us like, like you know, I can't youthful. wait till they start going on dates or going to prom. Yeah, so because, I yeah. Put, I desire so much to like, embarrass them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. So funny. And I know he's going to be like that, which is so sad. Because I remember my dad exactly like that. I remember I had like boys coming over <laughs> and my dad would be like with his little skinny dipping, like little things like, hey, Jen, you know, and just jump in the pool with his like belly out. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And he does that just to embarrass me. And like, and now I'm like, oh, I get it. That's now it's our turn. The first date, they, they're driving and you pop out in the back seat. Hey, yeah. guys, yeah. where are you guys going? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll come up with some pretty clever stuff. And yeah. at, at the time, they'll be super embarrassed and they'll like, think yeah. they hate me but later down the road as they mature they'll realize how great it was and they'll do the same thing with yeah it's yeah yeah it's full circle obviously they're gonna do that eventually and now you guys are doing a great job you know with everything and just uh thanks we try <laughs> you try you do yeah. what are some you know a couple other things that maybe you wanted to talk about or mention or just um you know things that the, you think that the world needs to hear what do you think are some things you know, and dropping up. I mean, when, when we were going over kind of mm-hmm. the general topics, we were kind of doing a list of, you know, what, you know, what is good about a marriage and what makes a marriage successful, what makes parenting successful, what makes just life in general, relationships work. And 
the the concept of oneness was coming up a lot, mm. you know, like becoming one. So as like a married couple becoming one is really the essential aspect of being a, in a good long-term marriage, right? Is, yep. is figuring out how to get rid of a lot of your selfish desires, a lot of things all about you mm-hmm. to, to serve your spouse and yeah. vice versa. And as we become closer together, yeah. um, we, we become more one. Mm-hmm. Um, everything just is easier and makes more sense. So it's not only one in the flesh, mm-hmm. which with our kids, you I know, mean, obviously we share kids together. So that's oneness. There, you don't charge him to, you know, <laughs> to oh, you want this guy? Five months. Yeah. <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So but, oneness though. So walk mm-hmm. us through that a little bit, like, cause that's, that's powerful and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's different, you know, the becoming one, I think a good analogy would be a triangle. And Jen was telling me this before, let's say I'm on one side of the triangle, one point. Mm-hmm. And Jen's on the other. And let's say God's in the top, mm-hmm. right? Yep. As we draw closer to God, going up this triangle, we're also getting closer to each other. Mm. Yeah. And so the goal is to, it's almost this love triangle, right? Of making sure we're getting closer to each other, but the only real way to become one or to become closer to one another is to also mm-hmm. get close yeah. to him. Yeah, get close to him. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. It's powerful. And yeah. oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say also like just discipline. I feel like with our kids, but with each other, in a way. Keeping each other accountable. Yeah. Like, he he tells me the truth. And I like it. I mean, I like that criticism. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I do. I do. At first, I'm like, eh. Uh, but, <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah. But in reality, like, I like that he, he, he puts me, he pushes me, you know. Yeah. Either if it's fitness, spiritual, finance, you know, anything. Like, we Every discipline life. each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like with kids, I mean, discipline is a key thing that they need in their lives. And I, we're not like strict or anything. It's discipline with love. That's yeah. in reality what it is. It's and grace and strength put together. Yeah, Heavy exactly. shed with grace though. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's awesome, guys. I mean, I really, I really enjoyed you. You, you gave a tremendous amount of nuggets throughout the whole you know, podcasts of just different things. And I know mm-hmm. many people listening to this are going to be affected mm-hmm. without a doubt. Was there anything, other things that you wanted to, uh, or any other gaps in the world that you feel <clears throat> that, uh, you know, if you had to give a couple tips to people out there that want to be great in their relationships and their marriage and their parenting, you know, oneness you said is, is, mm-hmm. is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, any other, you know, things that you feel from your spiritual walk, from what you've learned through Obviously, scripture like, and, and different things. Like Christ-like attributes, like, you know, forgiving, like, you know, holding our tongues, like, you know, is this, mm-hmm. um, like what I'm, I'm about to say, is it critical? Is it worth saying, you know, will it hurt their feelings? Like really think about what you're about to say yeah. kind of thing. Communication, obviously it's definitely key. Like, well, the power of the tongue is, is like mm-hmm. scuff marks. If mm-hmm. you do a couple of scuff marks, you're like, yeah, it's, it's not bad. But if you do a lot of scuff marks, you yeah. see it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, that tongue's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, what I just growing up, it's, there's something about like just having, I guess the layman term would be grit, right? Mm-hmm. You have this grit, uh, you know, in the more philosophical term, it's more like resiliency, right? The ability to, to get bent and then bounce back, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You can bend but not break. And even if you break, you can be mended. 
And I think that's missing a lot with a lot of people. I, I, I just think this world and the culture isn't put, yeah. like isn't allowing us to, to bend, right? Yeah. Or if it's teaching us to bend, but realize there's there we need to bounce back to something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you see it a lot in the youth today and just with all the technology and the media and all this, like all the dopamine hits and this constant need to be entertained. You know, there's no yeah. approval. Yeah. yeah. We need this approval. approval. We need this approval. And, yeah. and there's no that's very good self reflecting. There's no pondering. There's no spending time yourself, um, realizing like to get to kind of lose yourself for someone else. There's no, mm -hmm. um, just kind of grit, resiliency. It's hard to kind of describe except unless you go just go through stories and, you know, you can get into the weeds in this. But mm -hmm. it's okay to go through rough times in your life. It's okay to, to have hard times. I mean, those those are what makes us who we are. Those are what really makes us strong and resilient. I guess this would be a good analogy to put it, you know, being a landscape architect. <laughs> Going to a tree. Everyone knows what a tree looks like and they probably see a newly tree planted and it's staked, meaning there's like two stakes mm -hmm. and there's like little bands or something that hold it Support. in place. Support, yeah. right? Yeah. And the, they're, it's, it's good and bad for, you know, the bands can maybe hold up the tree in a windstorm so it doesn't get completely blown over, right? And so they do hold it up, but if held on for too long, they actually limit the growth of that tree because what trees need is to have that wind to be shaken they need yeah, to be bent. Right. They need to be... Because um, they become fragile. Right. Because then they grow really long and narrow. They don't get it tapering. They don't get huh. They don't get bigger at the bottom. Yeah. Right? So there's this tapering effect. They just... This long, skinny, narrow thing. So whenever... You know, they might grow 20, 30 feet tall. You take the stakes off. And the next time a little gust of wind, they just fall right over. And they don't have the strength to bounce up. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they're That's almost handicapped. Mm -hmm. And so what we need to do is... In relationship, I guess it kind of sums it all up. In relationships, as parents, we need yeah. to take those stakes off early. So with our kids, it's like we can't coddle them, be the helicopter parent. Yeah. We got to take the stakes off, let them grow a little bit, let them go through hard times, let them fall down, scrape their knee, let them go through rough patches, let them fail a test. You know what I mean? Let them... Because in the real world, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Dude, mean. that's so good. <laughs> oh, man. Give me a high five for that. I love that. I love nature analogies. Yeah. yeah. So take, so take the stakes off. If you don't take the stakes off early enough, that tree's doomed to fail. Because mm. as it ages, it didn't grow the taper. It didn't mm -hmm. get fatter at the bottom. It didn't yeah. have grow that resiliency it needed. And the roots didn't grow. You know, It didn't get those out, deep yeah, roots deep. that are the structural roots. It just grew... I'll just grow my little roots to get the water, and that's all I need. It didn't, it didn't grow any foundation. It didn't grow any structure, mm. any support. So good. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you hit, hit around a nose, and we'll, we'll finish with that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, your troubles of life will be your transportation to life. Mm -hmm. And the things you go through, it'll mm -hmm. transport you into what you were supposed yeah. to do and be. Yeah. Because without the wind, the tree doesn't grow that taper either. You need the yep. wind. You need the pressure. You need the constant rocking Pushing, the yeah. I love it in order to get stronger yeah that's and that's awesome. what we're trying to do with our kids yeah I mean, and, and you training guys, them to what do you guys see as your stuff? mission the, the next you know five years ten years fifteen years because I I know you guys you guys are already doing amazing things being parents but I I see something I don't know what it is mm -hmm. I need photography mm -hmm. you know and I know we're going to collaborate and do some things you know in mm -hmm. the future without a doubt but where do you see yourselves what do you say like you know future wise um 
financially debt free. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like on the big, Dave Ramsey. I'm debt free. Jim McAvillian. You listen to a lot of podcasts and read yeah. a lot. And, and, yeah, I know that's yeah. awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we. I mean, I think five years is. You know, we're just trying to. Mm-hmm. You know, take those stepping stones to get to a position. To I think right now it's just all about the like, kids. Yeah. Getting, you know, financially stable, financially secure, mm-hmm. you know, dabbling in our hobbies, dabbling in our, you know, because Jen's finally able to spread her wings a little bit, get back into kind of professional world slowly as the kids age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get but back. you're an amazing photographer. Thank you. Yeah, her work's <laughs> great, yeah. And then, you know, as the kids kind of develop and grow up and, you know, hopefully, you know, we, we still have a lot of big dreams and, and mm-hmm. a lot of things we want to do and hopefully we do them righteous intent kind of how you're doing steve with like you know your success the money you earn all that stuff is to be help others inspiring give back it's just to distribute to those who need it more you know and if it's our time if it's our energy if it's monetary if it's money Mm -hmm. if it's clothing whatever you know it's like do do i really want a giant mansion house and all this kind of stuff yeah you know maybe i want it so i can you know, bringing a homeless guy to live in our room until he's back on feet. You know, it's like, yeah. It's yeah. Like, you'll get what you want if, you're, if your intent is with a, a, a righteous cause, right? So true. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you're finding that success now. Yeah, and it's just like when it comes from the right place um, and you're grounded to like, you know, universe and God success, not world success, mm-hmm. you always will stay grounded. It's like a kite. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I talked about it in a book where, you know, you can fly, but if it, you cut it, it's going to drift away. Mm-hmm. And that's because you got, you got so far from your, your roots, from your foundation. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. And, uh, when you, when you remember your foundation, it's the money, the car, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. It's all, it's whatever, you know? Yeah. And, but it's, it's those relationships. It's those times with your kids that, that mm-hmm. matter. It's your time with your parents, you know, and being intentional with them. Yeah. That's the most, that's the most valuable currency. Yeah. And that's like, I'm trying to invest my time. My, my, my role right now is just really <clears throat> motherhood. And so I'm really focused on that. Like mm-hmm. Carson's the provider. I'm the nurturer. Yeah. And my role right now, it's just mothering and teaching our kids because I want to invest this time right now. So in the future, yeah. you know, it doesn't hurt me. And what's <laughs> beautiful know? is that you guys know your role. Oh, I think yeah. that's so important in life. Yeah. In yeah, we have that here. Yeah. <laughs> no, you <right>. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Yeah, we have that role like um, divide and conquer, you know. He knows his roles, the provider, the leadership of our family. I'm yeah. the nurturer and I take my domain in the household and he has the domain outside the world. But, you know, we it just works in our yeah. relationship. And like it's that yin and yang, like trying to fill each other like, I don't know, patches. I love but. it. It's it's beautiful, guys. And thank you guys so much for sharing. You know, Star Rock Life Nation no is going to enjoy this without thank a doubt. You know, many us. people are going to share this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you give a lot of nuggets. And I know you guys are going to do amazing things in the future. And your kids are going to be amazing, you know, uh, just advocates to the world and, and giving back because they have great parents to just follow. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, and you're truly, you're an asset to society. You know, mm-hmm. it's you're inspiring mm-hmm. without a doubt. I know you guys inspire me. And, um, so we'll, we'll attach uh, where you can follow, follow them and everything and on their journey the next few years and their beautiful kids. And, um, I got to ask you the last question, right? And you, you know, this question, um, but I want to hear from you guys. You ready for this? Right? Don't screw this up. You got one question, right? So I think I already spoiled it. I know, right? (laughs) So here's a Sarah Rock Life Nation question. Ready? So Mm -hmm. if you had a billboard for the whole world to see, 
what would your message be to the world? Hmm. Is this a, a, a group answer or individual? You can do individual. Okay. Yeah. So what would your message be? A statement, a sentence, a word? So what would your um, message be, Jen? I would just say, you know, love, faith, um, happiness, as we were just saying. It's not only emotions. It's an action word. And so if you really want love, you want act, you want happiness, you, you really have to act upon those things. You have mm-hmm. to act each and every day. Um, and I promise you, if you act and you progress each and every day in those things, you will find love. You will find joy. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't come, you know, people think like, oh, you guys have a beautiful marriage, you, you know. It's work. It's work. It's it's working each every day. It's mm-hmm. hard work, and I am grateful. We both work at it. At it. it's a hundred percent. It's not fifty fifty. It's a hundred percent. We're yeah. giving a hundred percent. So you have to work. Whatever you want to do in life, you know, you want those things. Act upon it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just. It just doesn't magically appear. It's, it's not awesome. a feeling. It's it's action. Yeah. Let your feet be louder than your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? So, I mean, I think the obvious one would be becoming one, but one of the things I always appreciated, and I'm going to botch this, but I always, Nelson Mandela came up with a really good quote that kind of inspired me throughout my mission, throughout my life about, you know, who are you, you know, you're a child of God, who are you not, like, who do you think you are trying to play down your role, playing down your identity, playing down your birthright? You know, you're amazing. Every one of us that's on this earth is like incredible person, mm-hmm. an incredible human being. Their their potential is endless of what they can accomplish and achieve. And I think society at large, just kind of our our tech society and all this entertainment and everything around us kind of like limits, like puts us in that box, you know, are those stakes that keep us tied up yep. where mm-hmm. we think that, oh, we can only achieve this much or we can only get this far or whatever, you know, we, we kind of put this little bit over our heads, but it's like, who are you not to be amazing? Who are you not to be great? You know, you should be an inspiration to yourself. Like if you really know your, your birthright and you know, you really know your lineage as being a child of God and you know your potential and how God sees you and what you can become, it's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, it's, and that's why we kind of need those moments of just pondering, of just thinking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's important to just think about who, 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 who you are. Yeah. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the great question of Lion King, right? It's like, yeah. Who are you? You know, <laughs> you know, and so that's, no, you're right on point mm-hmm. and discovering you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we sometimes live in other people's fridge, but then we forget to discover what's in our fridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, stop eating my crap, you know? <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I've enjoyed this, guys. Thank you guys so much again. I'll give you guys yeah. a little pound. <laughs> no, it's our pleasure. Yeah. Great Thank job. Yeah. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this as well. And uh, share it. Uh, make sure you guys uh, leave comments, leave reviews. It means a lot. And uh, check us out on Summer Rock Life, guys. God bless you all. Have an amazing week. And uh, live to inspire every day. Dream big, dream often. See you guys soon.